I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Michelle Rempel-Garner and Chloe Sosa Sims, the director of a new movie called Hunting in Packs. It's premiering at Hot Docs. You're going to want to catch this film as per usual. That's uh, how I roll here on Face to Face. Most of the films that I interview about, I really do want uh, my audience, my listeners to see and to hear. This is a film, it's called Hunting in Packs. Uh, we had a great conversation about a lot of things. And yes, Michelle's a, a, a politician and um, she wants to, you know, move forward, whatever that means politically. But more importantly, what, what I took away from this conversation uh, with, with, with respect to not only the film Hunting in Packs is that there's something about authenticity that matters one-on-one and with uh, uh, within communities as well. We talk about uh, how politics should be about the conversation, how it should be about rising above and taking things to the next level. Michelle talked a great deal about how she wants to represent her community and wants to represent it wisely and well. We talked about checking your belief systems and and being idealistic. We we talked about how deeping, uh, diving, deeping, deeping into uh, how diving into deep issues, uh, there, there are subtleties and there are nuances that we need to be able to, uh, to listen for and be open to p- potentially having the conversation go in a new direction. We talked about the humanity in politics and about personal and, 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 and corporate and global kind of change. Talk about towing the party line and what does that mean? And, 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 and what does it mean truly to be motivated by your community to, to step into it, to kind of be born with your sleeves rolled up and maybe not born with them rolled up, but make that conscious decision at some point to roll them up, to step in and to try to change the world in, in a specific way. So uh, I, I had a great time uh, during this conversation. And once again, it was one of those that I, I wish could have gone on longer, but was so grateful uh, to have uh, both uh, Chloe Sosa Sims and Michelle uh, Rumpel-Garner here with me on Face to Face today. Don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing and my speaking. You can uh, hire me there and find some video. Also, Face to Face facelive.ca. Lots of interviews there to choose from. Plenty more coming up with hot docs, 
a few uh, coming up around the corner with the Toronto International Film Festival. I know it sounds like it's a long way away, but believe me, it isn't. We've got lots uh, to publish uh, still, so please check us out often and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And and more importantly, can I ask you to leave a review, a simple, I mean, you know, assuming you like the the, the show, uh, we would love a review, a thumbs up, subscribe where you listen and leave us a review. It would mean the world to me, but don't touch that dial right now. Uh, we've got Michelle Rempel-Garner and uh, director Chloe Sosa-Sims uh, coming up to talk about their new film, Hunting in Packs. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We are joined by two very special guests here with us today to talk, I think, about a whole lot of things. We have Michelle Rempel-Garner here and Chloe Sosa-Sims to talk about politics and relationships and community, but about a new hot doc film, Hunting in Packs. Thank you to you both for joining me today on Face to Face. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So, so let's, let's, let's dive right in, Chloe. First of all, I want to say congratulations. Uh, real quick, people can see this film at Hot Docs. It's coming up very soon. Where will we ultimately be able to see it as well? Just a, a documentary channel, is that right? Can, you, can we give a quick shout out uh, to our listeners? Um, so, yeah, so it's going to be at Hot Docs, obviously. Yeah. In May, so there'll be two screenings. There'll be one on Monday, May 2nd at 9 p.m. And Thursday, May fifth at twelve thirty p.m. You can also watch it online during Hot Docs. Fantastic! Very exciting. And then it is going to be on um, Super Channel in Canada um, because they came on board um, soon after we finished the film. And then um, we're talking to a lot of other uh, distributors and uh, broadcasters. So um, fantastic. It'll be available in a lot of different countries and platforms. Yeah, that's that that's amazing. I really congratulations again. Uh, I hope everyone sees it. I I love the film, uh, Michelle. I'm interested to know if you loved it as well. It's uh, it's hard to watch yourself. I, I I I mean, I'm so used to I'm used to political interviews, and I'm used to that milieu on, of communication. So. Um, this was something very different for me, um, but uh, I'll probably cringe in my seat when I'm watching it, just not out of like content or anything. It's just, it's hard to watch yourself, right? It's um, true. But again, credit to to Chloe and her team for the work that they've done on this film. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. Well, I, I, I just want to say, I so appreciate your sense of comedic timing uh, and and also your uh, your authenticity in front of the camera and your willingness to, to to step in and to peel back some of those layers and and let Canadians and and, and viewers around the world see see that part of you. I think that's super important about a uh, to quote you a shitty political establishment. Yeah, um, you know it, it'll be interesting to watch this because a lot of the the film a lot of the filming took place what several years ago now right. and um so much has happened in my life during that time period and even you know for me having this interview today with you versus where I was as a person when Chloe started the film I feel so much different oh, okay um, I feel like a different person and you know I even just politically who I am as a person now I think has changed um dramatically over those several years so um, you know, it's, I, I do think it's, it's, it's an important work and it was a privilege to work with Chloe and her team on it. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Chloe, um, is this, did you make this film because you really wanted to be a politician one day? Is that really why you made this film? That's, that's funny that you asked that because I think, I think on some level, um, there's a part of me that's always fantasized about what it would be like to be a politician. I don't think I would, um, I don't think I'm necessarily well suited to it, but I've, I think I've always sort of secretly fantasized about it, Mm. um, in a way. And, you know, on some level, I think I am just like in awe and inspired by politicians, um, especially, um, these women and, and female politicians in general, because, um, it does take a lot of courage and bravery, um, to, to, to take on a career like that. Um, and I'm just, you know, I'm inspired by the idea of like your belief in yourself mm. to change systems and laws. Um, I think that's, I think that's incredible to, to find that confidence in that voice. And um, I so, yeah, I so um, think it's like a very, it's a very human job in a way, even though it's very, very much seen as non-human, mm. which, mm. I, which I find interesting as well. I see similarities between filmmaking, especially doc filmmaking and politics for me and for podcasters, I suppose um, it's about the conversation is, isn't it? And, or is it about more than that? I mean, that, that change and this question's for both of you for sure, but Michelle, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, Oh, wow. There's so many questions here. You know, that, that, that cynicism versus, you know, uh, uh, ego to say, I can change this and then finding out how difficult and challenging it is and, and, and just wanting to aspire to that. I mean, I feel that as a podcaster. And I think after a 45 minute interview, did anything happen there? Like, will somebody take something away from that? You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, I'm just wondering about that tension that you must hold every single day. I think that's a really interesting observation that it's about the conversation. I think it should be about the conversation. Um, Public policy development should be about people talking to each other, particularly in Canada, a diverse pluralism, uh, regionally Mm -hmm. diverse, culturally diverse. We're in a democracy. It should be about trying to understand each other's perspectives and then come up with policy that makes sense for everyone. I think in reality, though, that's not how it works today. Um, that's not where things gravitate to naturally. I think that um, it's much easier to gravitate towards like clicks and likes on a Facebook page or sure. um, really rigid silos in beliefs. And I think where the, the personal cost comes in is when you try to, as a politician, pull it back towards conversation And, uh, you know, understanding that there are going to be people who absolutely hate you for your position because you're breaking out of a silo. I think for me, um, you know, a challenge in my role has been to to have that happen both externally from people that sort of aren't part of my partisan camp, but also internally um, where I don't necessarily fit the mold of my partisan camp. And... um, I, I hope that this documentary gives a sense of that tension to people who are looking externally, who might think that they're that people aren't trying to work towards conversation. Um, but I think, you know, from my experience across political stripe, there are good people in politics of all different blends that are trying to bring that um, 
that aspect to public policy making. So I, I hope that the I hope the documentary gives gives some light on that, and I also hope that it sheds some light on you know what it is like to be a woman in politics. I've usually shied away from that aspect, right? Um, but I think it is important. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. I, I what do you do with the idealism? Like it, you, you give me the sense that you're a person who was born with their sleeves rolled up, you know, <laughs> just ready to step in. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a tough one, I think, for all of us, really, especially when you read the news today. Any any news? Yeah, I think like you're catching me at a moment in time um, where I, I I feel less like my sleeves rolled up and more like punched in the face. Um, mm. Mm. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, my job is to represent my community and you don't get to have feelings like that. Right. You have to get and I use this analogy all the time. Chloe's heard me use it a million times. You have to get back on the bull after you get fucked off, right? right. And right. Um, but I think it is that that objective to try and influence change, positive change, that is should be the motivator. It's the motivator for me. And um, I, I I hope that you know others who might see this, who maybe aren't politicians but see that there is still, even in this very rigidly siloed rule mm-hmm. world where, you know, you're, you're, you're motivated on social media to recal or to calcify your beliefs that there is, that there is, there is room for, for, for conversation. Wow. Calcification of your beliefs. That's a whole other podcast. I think I'm going to, we're going to need to explore <laughs> that. That's, that's a wonderful phrase. I love it. Chloe, um, film empathy, making machines, Roger Ebert, uh, isn't it about the conversation? How many directors have said that over the years? Is that what it, this is about for you? I mean, obviously it's about telling stories, but I'd love to hear some thoughts on that as well about, I guess, shifting the conversation and the potential for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, you work on a film for so long and you're just, you know, by yourself in a room hoping that it's going to work out. And so like, (laughs) this is like the best moment when it's actually released. And um, I'm, you know, to be honest, like, I feel like I don't, I'm not that interested in what I have to say about the film. I'm curious to hear how other people are reacting to it and how that stimulates a conversation for them. Um, So absolutely. Like that's, that's, that's the hope of the film, but it's also like, it's sort of what Michelle was talking about in terms of like, um, like clicks and likes and like, you know, these very polarized conversations. I feel like the great thing about documentary film is it can um, take you more deeply inside Mm. an issue and like provide nuance and um, like a, yeah, human empathy for people. You actually are able to see people in their lives you know, especially if the film is a verite, which this is to some extent. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Like, I hope that people, I'm just, I'm curious to hear what people have to say, because I very much hope that um, they see these women and they, um, you know, whether or not they agree with their perspectives or their policies, um, that they have some sort of understanding or empathy in terms of um, what it means to be in a political position like that. So. Yeah. 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 Um, that's great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. You, you, you coined a phrase and I've certainly never heard it in the film. Um, media PTSD. And, and I, I love that. 
And I think there's so much there when you start to peel back layers about anger and toxicity and polarization and, and inability to have a conversation, right? Just shouting at each other and so on. And, and I've, I've done some interviews where I've just been blown away at the Facebook dialogue. Just, just can't, I just can't imagine people are posting these types of things. How do you get out of bed in the morning with that? How do you, you know, again, you talked about your community. I love that. That's so cool to me that it's about community for you. And it comes out in the film as well. But yeah, how do you, how do you push back against that? Um, I wish I had a magic answer for mm. you. Um, I don't. Um, I can only just sort of give, in, give you my my perception first as an early adopter as a politician of social media I mean it was really only becoming a thing when I was first elected and I think I was one of the first Canadian right. politicians to really embrace it and so I've made a lot of mistakes personally um lately I have made a concerted effort I've actually really pulled back from social media I've I've had virtually no presence on social media hmm. and that's been um just almost like, a, again, a snapshot in time, something I've had to do personally, um, because I have had a lot of um, very, um, very big and significant personal costs to having social media. Um, it doesn't mean I don't want to in the future. I've just, I've had to um, right. take a bit of a step back just for personal survival. But going forward, I mean, like I've employed tools uh, that aren't perfect, Um uh, to, to try and manage some of that. Um, but I feel very awkward having this conversation with you because it's, it's sort of like an admission of, oh, well, I can hear people going, well, she can't hack it. If you can't hack right. it, you know, get out of the game sort right, of thing. Right, right, right. Um, and I don't want to give so the sense fair. that I'm silenced, but right. I do, I do think that we are going to, as a country, have a longer conversation about social media algorithms and whether or not they, um, like for me, I've been really trying to look at my analytics on my Facebook page, on my Twitter, on my Instagram and say, who's watching my content? And am I skewing towards one audience that's making mm. me more rigid in my beliefs? Right. And so because of that, I've also pulled back to try and diversify some of my, my audience as well too. Um, but I think, that, again, another topic for a podcast, I think this is something people are going to be studying for a long time into the future, how this has impacted politics, um, social interactions largely. Um, but it's not, um, it's something that I do believe politicians have to be mindful of if they're going to be honest with their uh, ultimate job, which is holding the government to account and um, voicing the concerns of their community. Yeah, I think it's super wise. I think there's uh, tons of insight there. And I think you're you're probably right about studying it for years. It's so early, right? It's it's way too soon to tell what the real impact of this new digital tool really is going to be. I see it in my kids' lives and my own, some of the toxicity in my own world during COVID, kind of that anti-pro-vaccine stuff going on, even amongst family members is just, wow, what is, what happened? How did we all get off this universal bus? Like, where did we? so? It's it's really really quite quite astounding to me, um, Chloe. On that same note, and maybe on a more sort of comedic side of uh, a, a multi layered coin, uh, were there any moments where the camera was on and you said, "Ooh, that's gold," but we're not going to be able to use that? Good question. <laughs> um, you know what? Um, 
I would say no, only because I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm, Michelle, you can speak to this as well, but I, I feel like I built a level of trust with um, all the, all the women that if, you know, if they had felt uncomfortable with something, I think they could have come to me and said, listen, we're not, you know, this is part of it. And um, um, I think, you know, there may have been a couple of times where that happened, but no, I think like, you know, all part of the reason um, I wanted to work with these women is because they were very authentic and Mm. were afraid to be themselves um, on camera. And they are just, there's, there's nothing to hide, you know, it's like, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Um, and like kind of sort of just deal with it in a way, you know, and right, I, and I, right. and so I think, um, if I'm very happy that, um, no one felt guarded or, or trying to protect, um, themselves, um, and, 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 you know, that like, Michelle has mentioned there is a personal risk with that, you know, like they've, um, especially her have taken a risk by doing this film and I so appreciate it. Um, but I feel like it's only worthwhile doing um, a project like this if, if, if the people involved are willing to put their authentic selves out there. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Michelle, are the reasons that you got into politics the same as they are for why you're staying today. Does that question even make sense? Um, I think what I really yeah, it totally to, does. Yeah, I, I actually think it's a great bridge to what you just asked Chloe about. You know, were there moments when you know I, I felt guarded or mm. like I, I do? I do hope this film that the viewers of this film will leave with some sense of humanity, mm. the humanity of politics. That's good, and not like a like a house of cards view or a veep view or like, I, I really, or just like, you know, like I, like that there is, there is an evolution of people. I mean, like I have been an elected um, official for 10 years now during some of the most formative years of my life, right. My thirties. And I have changed a lot as a person during that time period, but my mandate has never changed, right? Mm. I still see my mandate as um, standing up for my community, but my community has also changed in a decade a lot. And so like my reason, my man, so to answer your question, you know, am I in it for the same reason? My mandate is still the same, right? It's still to affect change, positive change for my community, to hold the government to account. but who my community is and who I am um, through all of those experiences have has changed. Um, even the time that Chloe followed in the film, uh, you know, it feels so long ago. It feels like a different life. And I think I constantly have to reevaluate, you know, am I doing a good job? Am I meeting my mandate? Um, certainly my community does that at an election every four years, but I just, I try to affect change for them. And then at the end of the day, they're the, they're the arbiters of that, of that, that decision. But, um, I do think it's important for the public to see that they have an impact on, Mm. on public policy and that they get the politicians and the government that they ask for. 
and that um, politicians also have an obligation to work with the public to make sure that we are coming up with good public policy and not just looking for personal aggrandizement during uh, during that transaction. So um, I would say, you know, have my reasons changed? Probably not, but have my community and myself as a person changed? Yeah. And I hope it's for the best. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It sounds to me like you you were saying there too, and tell me if I'm wrong on this for sure, but it, it's worth it knocking on doors. It's worth making phone calls. It's worth writing letters. So if, you, if you've got an issue in your community, Get in touch with your politician. Roll up your sleeves. Have a conversation. Right? Is am I hearing that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like stay we, active. It really like, and I, I'll let Chloe jump in here. I don't want to monopolize the conversation, but it, it does hurt my soul to hear people say like, "Oh, well, the system's broken. It can never be changed." We do live in a democracy, and especially in Canada, where you know we don't Michelle, have my the same favorite is. Finance. Michelle, my favorite is it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, like, like we don't like I don't take I don't have the same sort of corporate financing constraints that like, let's say, an American would have. So in Canada, I know that the film covers different countries, but in Canada, you know, it's actually fairly level playing field to get into politics. Um, So somebody does have the ability to influence change and influence politicians Mm, in Canada. Good. Um, and I, I think that that push beyond social media is so important for people to see that they have that power. 
for sure. And that, you know, women can run, you know, I don't come from wealth or from, from familial power. Um, but yet I've been able to enter and impact change in the country. And I hope that others of all political stripe who are watching this documentary can see themselves um, from a realistic perspective, getting involved in, in politics and impacting change. Mm, yeah, that's so good. Chloe, Richard Wagamese said stories are meant to heal. And I don't think you'd disagree with that, but I would love to hear you tease that out a little bit in light of the subject matter of the film and just you and your own personal journey as a storyteller. I, I mean, I, great conversations. Don't you come away from a great conversation and, and, and maybe two, three days later, there not there a sense of healing there? Maybe healing capital H, a not, maybe small, lowercase h. But yeah, I'd just love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't describe this film as um, an... It's it's not a touchy feely film, right? You know, it's not like a. It's a comedy. Not a warm hug, <laughs> you know. Oh but, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a very know. serious, serious comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that it starts. The film starts out a bit more lighthearted. Mm -hmm. uh, there is more comedic elements at the beginning, and that and that was intentional because uh, you. The intention was to um, sort of point to the somewhat absurd nature of the political institution. Um, so that, there's something that, really, Chloe, isn't there something really human about that too? Like that you can make a joke about yourself and you can be self-deprecating or, uh, you know what I mean? Like that's my sense anyway. A hundred percent. I think it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> No, it is though, right? Like, because it is, there are moments where on a weekly basis where I just stop back and go, this is insane. Like mm. if people saw what is happening here, they would be deeply frightened, right, um, not right. within my own life, but just within the, the broader polity, sure. right? And how political systems work. But so I, if there's some levity to it, that's great, but <laughs> scary. Well, and I, I mean, I think, yeah, I think there's, I think there's just absurdity in life. And mm. I think mm. politics, as, as Michelle is pointing out, there is some in, inherent absurdity there. And like, that's why you see so much political satire, um, you know, whether that's like, you know, in a narrative film or in, a, you know, there, there is inherent um, comedy there. Um, and I think it does point to something larger. It points to like, flaws within the political system and that's the point of the comedy yeah. the comedy yeah. is to um and this was something i had to be very careful with it's not I, at no point did i ever want to undermine uh the journeys that these women were on right. um and i think the film you know it does start out with that more lighthearted take but then as the film goes on um, more stakes and more emotions are layered in as, um, as I think you start, as I hope you start to care more about, um, the three subjects in the film. And so that, that, that was the intention, but I, I also think like, you know, a lot of the films that I've seen on, um, gender parity or gender issues, there tends to be sort of a very sincere, earnest approach mm. to them. Mm which kind of doesn't really, that doesn't really work for me personally. I like, I, I like 
um, things that are a little more, like you said, like self-deprecating, um, that play with humor, that, um, you know, that asks challenging questions. It's not, I'm right. not so interested in something that's like, um, you know, just talking about the barriers that yeah. we face, you know? That's that's well, not Well, I wonder a question that just pops to my mind is do politicians, do people take do we take ourselves too seriously? Like maybe maybe, maybe there is a time, right, to to step back and relax and enjoy the moment, whatever that means, but always knowing to your point Michelle that there's something really potentially troubling or moving or important underlying. Can I take a kick at that answer? Yeah, of I Yeah, like there's one moment in the film Wait, I'm going to back up. So in traditional political communications, right? And this is all political stripes, not just the conservatives, it's liberals. It's like you are trained to go out and toe the party line, right? It's sure you don't talk about things in public that everybody else is talking about. You resolve it internally and then you like toe the party line in public. And I, you know, I am really tired of that because I think it's mm. led to kind of the, the, again, the, the distress that my party is in right now. But there's one moment in the film that I saw where it, Chloe juxtaposed, she asked, she asked me about, you know, my opinion on the, the party leaders at the time view on women. And um, um, then she juxtaposes it with like this terrible answer that he gives in a, like, just like, you know, it's stuff that I watch and cringed inside and is like, oh my God, I have to sell this Oh my God. And so then I'm there giving her the, like, this is great. Like towing the party line. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I gave a really convincing answer. And then I watch it juxtaposed. I'm like, I did not give it convincing. And so in that moment, like there's this, there, there is this, like, like I can see myself not taking myself seriously because it's like, I can't, I can't have a poker face in this moment. I just, I can't. Right. And I think that that does come through and uh, in this film and it does, I think she does, like, I think Chloe does show, like she talks about the flaws in the system, that lack of authenticity, that towing the party line at all costs, it actually takes away from quote the conversation that we were talking well, about in the front end and i think that the humor of that moment i'm sure i'm going to have colleagues that are like oh, how did you why did you do this and like, you know what because like like we should be talking about the fact that this potentially cost us mm -hmm. an election right and it certainly was a wake-up call for me and it has emboldened me to be perhaps more honest and more blunt um in in how i've comported myself over the last few years Michelle, maybe we need to get you a t-shirt made up that says something to the effect of it was, it's Chloe's fault. That, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's that, Chloe's fault. Yeah. It was yeah. her. She's evil. Yeah. The evil yeah. mainstream media uh, yeah. made me do it. That's, that's right. That's right. I feel <laughs> a new campaign slogan coming on here. Um, yeah. You know, your comment about authenticity and lack of it and so on. I mean, isn't that what leads to house of cards shows like house of cards and that satire chloe that you were talking about and veep that deep deep cynicism that we all believe this is just the way it is never going to change got to put up with it oh it's time for a change that's how i'm going to vote and that's what breaks sort of my heart is that deep cynicism that i seem to see when folks just sort of throw up their hands and don't write the letter 
or, or, or don't campaign or don't get behind a local food drive or whatever the case it is, because they just don't think they can make a difference. And I don't know that there's a question here, but I do find it uh, ultimately uh, really, really uh, heart, heartbreaking uh, from a, from a, I guess you could say from a, a social activist or an advocacy like perspective, right? Cause I I'm, I'm all about wanting to move the conversation a little bit forward through questioning and hopefully a little bit of comedy and, and building some relationship in 40 minutes on a zoom call. I mean, how, you know, uh, you know, deep can we really go, but we're, we're, we're going to try. And I'm going to hope that somebody's going to listen and someone's going to see your film and someone's going to be encouraged by you, Michelle, and say, you know what, I am going to get into politics because I too can change the world. Um, do either of you think you can change the world still, or uh, have you ever lost that, or do you not even think that's a possibility? Go, go for it, Chloe. Um, yeah, I mean, you know what? Like, I don't, I don't have that cynicism anymore. I think, um, especially that's after super cool because I've met. I've met Michelle, I've met Jess, I've met Pramila, and I've also met other politicians that I have who I'm friendly with, who I genuinely believe um, have the, you know, they're motivated, motivated by their community and they're motivated by um, those intentions to serve the people that they've been elected to represent. So, and I also have been really encouraged by um, the way in which they um, are actually very close knit with their community. Um, I was shocked when I went to the UK and um, Jess Phillips had this little Birmingham office and there was just people coming in, you know, walking in freely and um, and like the relationship she had built with them. And I've also seen that with Michelle when you go to Calgary Stampede and she knows, you know, she goes to these events and she knows everyone. And it's, you know, there there's a, like, I don't have that relationship to my MP, but maybe right. I could. Although I would say that not every MP is like that. Not every right. MP has that deep-seated connection with their community where you can actually call them up or um, build a relationship with them. So that is unique um, to certain people. But hmm. um, what I'm trying to say is, like, that is possible and that um, that cynicism for me is not there as much as it was previous to making this film, because I do believe that there are individuals who um, want to serve and who you could build a connection with. You could build, um, you know, if there's if there's objectives you have as a as a person, you can get involved. Um, you know, whether or not you're running for politics, you can get involved in other ways. And I think, um, yeah, hopefully that that other people watch the film and they think, you know, politics isn't just there. Um, as this defunct institution, there's people, there's mm. people in it who want more. And, and for me, I think it's, I, I hope what Chloe captures in the film translates to people on the change the world question in that I, I think people have to understand that most people don't want you to change the world. The mm. world is working just fine for them. Thank you very much, right? Um, and so, so, so to change the world, you have to understand that like, a lot of our power systems are predicated on people not disrupting th those power systems, right? So you really have to step into your own power and own it and be willing to pay the cost of people who don't want you to upset the apple cart, right? Um, and 
you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier with, with authenticity and communications and, you know, really getting to the heart of problems and that cynicism the public can get around politics, there is within all political parties, within political systems, there is this inertia of people who do not want you to call things out. You And so the reward, the reward is for politicians, individuals to be silent. It's it, the power systems in the world are it rewards inertia, right? And so to be a change maker, you actually have to understand that like that, that, that the inherent personal reward isn't like being embraced by everyone. It's not being like, like people don't like you when you change the world. Like they inherently don't like you. Um, some might like you, but most don't. And I think, I hope that that like the comedy of the film sort of gets to that is that you do have to shrug things off and you, you're going to try things and fail and that's okay. Um, because there is there is an a, the, the end result when you change the world is changing the world and hopefully it's for the better. So I, I do think that like that a bit of a lighthearted touch that Chloe talked to that um, it doesn't have to be this heavy strife all the time, um, but that there is that um, there is that tension that we've been referring to in this you know the last forty minutes or so uh, that's always there and I think it always will be there and I think women experience it differently. I I love that. Uh, the phrase you used, Chloe, about motivated by community. And Michelle, I think you you talk a great deal today. You've talked a great deal about your community and and the community in the film. And I I just love the phrase, um, you know, <clears throat> change the world through your community. A, a woman who, uh, my wife Elizabeth, sits on the board of the Oak Park Community Center, and they have an idea where they say, we're going to change like a one or a two or a three kilometer radius. And I'm, if Michelle was here, she'd probably be slapping my hand and getting it right and telling me I'm misquoting. But it's a small group of people that she's working with, and she's making a huge difference, and 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 kind of turning that part of the world upside down. And isn't don't we have to trust the ripple? <laughs> I guess trust the splash and the ripple at some point, I suppose. But but I just I so love that you're both motivated by that, and and Chloe that you haven't lost your cynicism. And Michelle, it sure seems to me like you haven't. Uh, or sorry, you have lost your cynicism, Chloe. Michelle, it seems to me that that you 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 have every right to be, but it, I don't I don't I don't hear a lot of it. Can I ask you? Uh, maybe this is too personal, and I know we got to wrap it up here. Um, where do you go to recharge? Like, you know, yeah. I, is it thick skin, or is it really wonderful, loving people around you? Is that is that too personal of a question? I mean, for me. Um in the last couple of years, I've really developed a strong meditative practice mm. um, wow. where cool. I, you know, I, and I know that sounds really weird, but it's not, <laughs> I, um, not at all. I, I think, um, as a, you know, I'm over 40 now, so I'm old. <laughs> my kids think I'm old anyways, my right. kids think I'm old, but I think when you get to a certain point in your life, you understand the power that you wield and the energy around you. And I think, just understanding how to ground and center and like let negativity kind of roll off of you. I think that's really important. But on the other hand too, I'm, I am really blessed to have a, you know, a really strong and supportive partner um, who, you know, is not political. He supports me in my, my role, but is also focused on really being a strong support for our family. And so home is with him. 
and wherever you know he is um and and i think that's really important too but i i do think like you know specific like this interview and the documentary is going to air two years you know like post it's going to be post pandemic and sure. i think it's really important for, for for people to ask themselves that question and feel release like or feel like the ability to ask that question how do i um how do i recharge because i think our country has kind of gone through this collective trauma so i hope everyone's asking that question and being honest with themselves and taking that time yeah that's that's great chloe you're looking forward to the q a's if we come full circle to i think your first comment it sounds like you're you're kind of pumped to hear how the audiences are going to uh, uh, receive the film and and um you're probably no stranger to q a's uh, are you, you ready for some of the tougher questions? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what those questions will be. I'm, <laughs> right. I, I want to hear what other people think about the That's film. good. You know, you don't, I don't, I didn't make the film to hear myself talk. I made the film as a conversation piece. I want to hear what other people think. So yeah, I mean, bring on the questions. I, you know, let's, let's have a conversation and, um, I just can't wait to hear what, what people think because, you know, you're, you're one of the few people who've seen the film. So oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. Even just having this conversation with you is interesting to, to hear what insights you've gotten and what you've taken away from this is, is great. And it's great. Well, based on my notes, we've barely scratched the surface, just so you know. So I was, I, I tried to squeeze a two hour interview out of Winnie, but she would have none of it. So just, just wanted you to know that. <laughs> what a pleasure having you both on the show today. Your, your generosity of giving me your time face to face. I know our audience, our listeners are going to appreciate it. Uh, Chloe, thank you for the film and congrats again, Michelle. Thank you so much. Uh, and I wish you well in the future. And I, I hope you continue to turn those stones over and, and, uh, uh, yeah, put, push back against the status quo. It's been wonderful getting to know you both a little bit here together today on Face to Face. Well, there you have it. My interview with Michelle Rempel-Garner and Chloe Sosa-Sims talking about their new film, Hunting Impacts. It's premiering at Hot Docs. That's hotdocs.ca here in Toronto. We a hybrid model. Uh, people are actually going to be coming to theaters. How cool and fun is that as we move into more festivals, hopefully in 2022. But stay tuned on Face to Face. It was a thrill to have uh, both of these guests here with me today. But do check out uh, davidpecklive.com, facetofacelive.ca. They both get you to the same place. You can find out more about what I do as a writer and a speaker, but also more importantly, a whole library of almost 600 interviews to choose from. And do subscribe uh, to Face to Face wherever you listen to podcasts. And more importantly, please leave us a review. We would so appreciate that. It's really a simple thing, but it makes a great deal of difference from a social media perspective. You can sign up for the newsletter. You can share it with family and friends. It's been a pleasure uh, once again here having a, another conversation that mattered with uh, Michelle Rempel-Garner, Chloe Sosa-Sims talking about their new film, Hunting Impacts, and we will see you again very soon. Thanks for listening to Face to Face.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.